Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. We are here with a bonus episode to talk about Dark Knight's Death Metal number two, written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by uh, Greg Capullo. And before we get into sort of the page by page breakdown here, guys, um, I, I know that all of us really liked the first issue quite a bit. How did you guys feel about the second issue overall? Zach, I'll start with you. I liked it less than the first issue. Okay. Vince? Do you want me to elaborate more on that? No, or? no not yet. Vince, how okay. about you? Uh, I guess I, I, I liked it less also, but not... I mean, I'll explain why, but not for any reason that, you know, is a detriment to the book or anything, really. I would say I like it about the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I I think I was maybe slightly less high in it than you guys were, and so maybe that's why as well. Um, the first issue. The first issue, yeah. Yeah. Not not that I was down on it. I just think you know, my boys were wilding out about that issue. So <laughs> they were. All right, so let's well, let's get to. Or, sorry, Vince, go ahead. Well, I think that's ultimately why why the the second issue was. Um, I don't even want to say it was a, a letdown, but the thing is, is that it it was shorter. Um, some of the surprise is gone, just like the surprise of the concept, right? right. Um, and it's weird because it, it feels like the events of this second issue are less momentous, even though there's like one or two of the craziest things <laughs> I've ever seen, the most sacrilegious things in DC <laughs> Comics history, you know, like happened in this issue. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I think it's good. I think it's still very good. I, I also, think, I also know, think it's good. Su- yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit of that surprise is gone now. That's well, not, I, you know. And, and there are just a few things that happen, which we'll talk about. That I feel, I feel like it pulls some of the punches. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The first issue. Yes. I'll agree with yep. that. I'll also say that I think. I mean, we have all lived through the Scott Snyder hype train a couple times now. And I feel like a lot of times his hype, his what he does in selling a book does more to sell the book than the actual book does for me. Mm-hmm. But the first issue felt like everything he hyped up and then some. Yeah. And so I think it's just hard to come and it's just hard to keep up with that to a certain degree, just intensity wise. But let's let's mm-hmm. get right to it. So um, the first page begins with we think we're looking at a lizard. We're not. We're looking at somebody who calls himself the Batam. It's a Batman Adam in a lizard suit. <laughs> you enjoy? Do you enjoy the Batman Adam? You enjoy the Batam, Paul? <laughs> yeah, Batam. Uh, very quietly, the Batman sixty six theme starts playing in the background. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I I love this shit. I don't know if this is supposed to be one of the alternate Bruce Waynes. I don't know if this is Ray Palmer, like, aligning himself with the bat. All no, I know is... It's, <laughs> it's, it's got to be... It's, it's alternate Bruce a, Wayne. It has to be alternate yeah, Bruce Wayne. It has sure. to be, yeah. Um, but then we see him get run over by Bruce's monster truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or rather, rather uh, Wonder Woman and... Um, Swamp Thing driving in Bruce's monster truck with Wally West in the back seat. <laughs> but so not what's, just what's a monster the truck, though. Yeah. What's the verdict on murder here, by the way? 
<laughs> I guess wow. Bruce is a murderer. <laughs> Uh, well, you guys were right all along. Yeah, because now, that's... Well, I, Bruce didn't do this, though. Is he? Or is he with them? He is, no, no, he's is, not with Bruce them. Bruce is oh, the truck. Right. But that's, Bruce is the no, truck, isn't he? Isn't but that it's, a... but it's, it's a bad Bruce, though. It's a bad Bruce. That's right. But it's that's still right. a Bruce. I don't know. It's well, still but, a Bruce. I mean, the Batman who laughs kills a lot of people. I forgot that they, they come upon Bruce later in the issue because on the cover of the issue, Bruce is driving the... I mean, there's no question that Bruce Wayne, the Batman, is a murderer, but in this case... <laughs> we, have, we, we have established that he is... He, he did not murder, murder anyone. Yeah, by two-thirds majority. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Okay, so um, we then see that this area described as the hellscape. And we see this Batman monster truck driving through. And as, as I said, Diana and uh, Alec Holland, Swamp Thing, and Wally West slash Dr. Manhattan are, uh, <laughs> are flying through this this hellscape in a, in a Batman monster truck. And we get a lot of really good stuff. Like in this second page, I love this page. We see... Um, so is it is it the bat batmobiste batmobiste okay uh the batmobiste is trying uh, basically alec alec holland tries to tell a dad joke to it and it sort of tries to answer seriously so alec kills it <laughs> it's, it's great um also swamp thing now has like basically a fire burning inside of him at all times was that there last time I think it was. I, I don't particularly remember, but I, I, it could have been. There was there was so much visually in that first issue. I'm not surprised I forgot that, that he had a fire burning in his chest. What I don't remember is did Diana have these like blue, white blue, highlighted tips on her hair? Was that there in the last issue? I don't think they stopped for a haircut to, to paraphrase uh, the Simpsons uh, monorail episode. I, I just so, don't, you know. I just. <laughs> I think that was there. I, I guess just I don't just don't remember that. Yeah. I think I assumed it was like uh, lighting or something. Right. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Does she have Dr. Manhattan energy in her hair? Or something? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody's got a little Manhattan in them. Yeah. Well, we find, we do find out in this issue that, and maybe we, they talked about it last issue, that they all, they all had a little bit of Dr. Manhattan in them at one yeah. point. Yeah, I think that was that was hinted around at, but I don't think they ever came out and said that. They yeah. just say first. that here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, next page, we see <laughs> Swamp Thing put on some cool Batman sunglasses. Um, and then they enter this cemetery that is underneath the cemetery. That is called the Valhalla Cemetery or the Crypt of Heroes. And they try to get in and this green light energy, uh, Cerebus tries to keep them out and um quick they... quick question sure yes this valhalla valhalla cemetery is like a pre-existing dc concept right maybe i think it is i think it was in i specifically kind of remember it in jeff john's justice society i'm uh, i'm googling it as we speak yes it is okay, okay. Um, but its legacy so, is rooted in the golden age of crime fighting. Okay, so so that's yeah, perfect. Yeah. So that's perfectly used here. Then, so anyway, the three-headed Cerebus—they ask for the password, and uh, Diana says it's Munkle. <laughs> uh, 
upon which she is corrected by Alan Scott. It's pronounced Ma Hunkel. She was the guardian of the first headquarters of the Justice Society of America. And we My see. Uncle. Yeah, Ma Hunkel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well played, sir. But we get. We get the Gabagool here. We get Jay Garrick. We get Dr. Fate. We get Alan Scott. We get Wildcat. And we get this great reunion between Wally and Jay, where Wally says, tell me you still remember me, Jay. And Jay says, I'll never forget you again, kid. Bring it in. Man, I got mm-hmm. chills reading that. It, <laughs> it's it's You guys know how I am with the Flash family, so this is... yeah. This is good stuff. Yeah, you're a big baby. We get it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> to quote Beck's sex laws, I'm a full-grown man, but I'm not afraid to cry. Okay? Yeah, me too, bud. Okay. So uh, then we see Bruce, and uh, Bruce is talking with Jonah Hex. Right? Is that Jonah Hex? Yeah. 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 The one drawing, without his hat, he just looks like Carrot Top, like zombie Carrot Top. <laughs> but with his hat on, you can tell it's Jonah Hex. Um but so we see uh, Jonah Hex and Batman essentially going through a roll call of potential heroes to help him. We see Liberty Bell, Phantom Lady, Human Bomb, and Uncle Sam all mentioned. And then we get this this bit of, of Bruce and Diana sort of having a philosophical discussion, which we kind of saw last week played out without Bruce there. Diana was just talking about this, how Bruce's plan is to go and just kind of save the folks they can save and, you know, do the best they can, start small and rebuild and go from there. Whereas Diana wants to save everyone. Um, does this feel to you guys like the side that each of them would be taking in this argument? Um, I was questioning that when Diana was describing it in the first issue, mm-hmm. but when Bruce gets to the thing about I think the explanation is really uh, sound when he gets to the part about, you know, regretting what they did in the first metal where they broke the source wall. Right. And so at that moment, I, I bought it then. And I think Diana's argument is, is Diana all the way? Um, but I, I understand Bruce's uh, desire to retreat and and just save what they can based yeah. on what happened in the first metal. I like that. Zach? I think that their sides make sense. I think that Bruce coming around was handled a little... Uh, it, it just happened very abruptly. I, I felt think. the same way. Um but when I was thinking about this after the issue, what I sort of came to the conclusion of which was I would rather it be handled too quickly and get this show on the road than to let yeah. him like hem and haw over it for three sure. issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like played out like we get this great speech um, from Swamp Thing about, you know, the ferns or whatever and, you know, all of this happens after Wonder Woman's kind of given her spiel. And then like, then Joan Hex basically says like, I just said the same thing to Bruce and now he's on board. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely good that we didn't see that happening, you know, twice or something, or I, I don't know. It, I, I just, 
it felt a little weird to me, but yeah, I'm I'm perfectly fine with getting the show ro- rolling. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, we just kind of skipped ahead a bunch of stuff here, but basically, like a lot of Snyder uses Batman's dialogue to catch everybody up on sort of where the DC status quo is right now in terms of things like Doctor Manhattan and Perpetua and all of that. And it's it's really helpful to have these pages here because I feel like metal wasn't all that long ago, but it feels like a hundred years ago. <laughs> and so to have just a little bit of a recap there is important. And also stuff like Dr. Manhattan was never mentioned by name in anything until after Doomsday Clock was over. So just putting a pin in that too, like we thought that Dr. Manhattan was the blue light that the heroes were going towards in the last issue of Justice League, but we didn't have any sort of confirmation of that until I guess right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of this is, is useful stuff, but it catches us up a little bit with where we're supposed to be. And so then uh, uh, Swamp Thing gives the aforementioned speech about the fern, so the fern grew tall, let's be the fern. And then um, then we get my favorite little bit in the in the issue, I think, which is uh, Diana says we need we need to move fast, and Jay says on it, "Hey Barry!" Before he can finish saying Barry, the Flash is there, and uh, you know Barry Allen Flash, and uh, then this is the part I love, which is uh, Barry sees him and says, "Come here, triple Flash hug." <laughs> <laughs> That's something that Barry Allen would probably never say in the comic because in in rather in like old Flash comics, because he had no personality. But that's a really mm-hmm. nice little moment. I, I'm glad to see Snyder giving the Flash some some fun stuff here because it, it's been it's been such a rocky road for a lot of these characters. So I like that. But is it just me, or does it not look like Wally is in the triple Flash hug? It looks yeah, like but... Barry and Jay are just hugging each other. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's moving so fast you can't see him, Zach. Maybe. Maybe. Um. But yeah. So um. But yeah, Barry lets us know that also that the speed force is dying, that he's he's about to use it up. So then we get to our first chapter break, and this chapter is called Bite the Hand. And then uh, this is taking place in Castle Bat, which is the sort of stronghold of the Batman who laughs forces. Um, we see him, we, we see... Uh, all these different Batmen. I forget all of them. I'm sure we got names for most of these before. I know Batmage because there was that, that derp who was all upset about not knowing who Batmage was on, uh, was it Reddit after the first issue? Maybe. Yeah, we got Batmage, Beyond, B-Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the Groblins. Yeah, and then I think these everyone in the, the the scrubs are all. I think they're all different Alfreds. I believe it's you're kind right. Of what it's yes. Implied. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what is what's Alfred? That's that's got to be like a mashup of. That's got to be like uh, a mashup of uh, Alfred and something else, right? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure either. But so we see them. They're all doing. They're all doing surgery on what looks like the uh, Doctor Manhattan's like emaciated corpse, and we see them putting <laughs> the Batman who laughs brain into the Doctor Manhattan Bruce body, which also kind of looks like Platinum from the the Metal Men, <laughs> the, the face he's making there. He's got uh-huh. that weird grimace, and and also the logic of 
just sawing Dr. Manhattan's dome <laughs> off, you know, just, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> this is, this is just like the most sacrilegious thing DC has ever done. Like this is, Oh man. Not, and not that I care. I'm not, I'm not saying I care, but like death metal, the famous sequel to Watchmen. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's just so funny to me that like, uh, three years, four years ago or something, we were like, oh man, Watchmen in the DCU, I don't know. And now, now there's <laughs> multiple Dr. Manhattans, one of which is Bruce Wayne, and the Batman Who Laughs is going to become one. And yeah, it seems like a parody of, um, you know, what you would do to piss off a, a, a Watchmen purist or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so he puts, he puts the braid in, and we see him start to transform a little bit, and he looks temporarily like Dr. Manhattan, but then he gets this smile on his face, and we start to see the Batman who laughs, like, come out of the clay that is the, uh, that is the Dr. Manhattan body. And uh, we then see him basically turn all of the other Batman in that scene into, like nothing right <laughs> just just kind of straight up destroy them he's doing the the thing where manhattan like takes something apart with his mind right but he's doing it in like a very um like it definitely doesn't look like the way that the john osterman did it right it, no it's it's, le- it's less detail yeah yeah it's it's thought, almost like uh it's like shade the changing man i was just gonna style. say it feels very like early vertigo to me the yeah. way all that mm-hmm. goes down. Uh, but so after that, he sees the only one left is one of the Groblins, and he says, uh, would you like to be the Robin King, essentially? And he says, crow <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and so we see he said, uh, Batman will laugh, says, I'm going to build something never seen before. 52 planets of nightmare, beautiful in their horror. Uh and he says, take, I take my new form, The Darkest Night. And essentially, this is the scariest thing Vince has ever seen because it has Kelly Jones ears. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> but it kind of looks like... I don't even know what it looks like. It's it, a Heartless from Kingdom Hearts. It is a Heartless from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, which, I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, do you think the the... 52 planets of nightmare he's talking about do you think he's talking about uh 52 done right countdown to final crisis <laughs> 52 done I think right he's... which tomorrow i have to start reading from my shazam column <laughs> <laughs> i think he's thinking of the new 52 done right which is oh. what is going to happen after death metal okay okay um i'm very glad that he looks like a heartless instead of the blue Doctor, uh, the blue Batman who laughs. Yeah, the Batman who blew himself. I was just gonna say, <laughs> "Fuck you, beat me to it, man." I was just gonna say that. Doctor Manhattan blew is, himself. This is this is, I think, where we want to talk about how, like, one of the best bits in the first Death Metal issue was the Batman who laughs talking about how everyone's so sick of him, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and then him just getting brutally murdered by Diana. Yes, and. What a great, what a great moment that would have been for him to go out on. It was so satisfying, um, and then for for the story to move on to some other big bad, you know. Yes. 
So then to undo that and cycle back around, that that was like one of the very small but nonetheless true disappointments of this issue. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I yeah. would agree with that. I, I think I think all of us I mean I, I think that the, the three of us in general were never as on board with the Batman Who Laughs as the general DC populace was. Um it, it always seemed a little too grim dark, a little too um edgelord joker shit, you know. But Yeah. But I think that I mean I get why I get why if Snyder and Capullo have been telling the story for so long, it did seem like a very abrupt way to write the Batman Who Laughs out of it, which is why I thought it was so ballsy and cool. But I also understand why they may not want to do that. Yeah, I do think that this is like a much more appealing incarnation and like kind of moving away from the Joker stuff into not not that he won't still be a little jokery, but at least like the Joker iconography and this this is much more appealing as like an evil Batman villain to me Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah I can agree with that Um, alright so then we get to the next section which is called Toy Soldiers and we see uh, Harley Quinn riding a giant hyena we see Bruce and Jonah Hex on a bat cycle, which is made out of a Triceratops. We see Diana standing on the back of the uh, aforementioned giant hyena holding Swamp Thing, I guess. We like see... a shield, almost, yes. it looks like. Yeah. Uh, we see Barry running alongside of it, and they get to a place where there is a, uh, there's a guard that is obviously guarding and we see Harley's giant hyena just chomp him just mm-hmm. bite his head off and so we get we're entering our second secret below ground location so, of the issue before we start to that that I just want to point out that that is I think that that's the the Dr. Arkham Bruce from the first issue okay so so by now I'm pretty sure that like every minor villain character that we saw in the first issue has been wiped out. <laughs> Except the villain we thought, the Batman who laughs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. All right. So um so we see they they're met by a number of the Bruce's from the Dark Multiverse that we saw from Metal. Uh in addition to like a Bane Batman, we see um Basically, all these different Batman, and so this is like all the like main seven that got tied. Yes, in, so, yes, or uh, six, whatever, however many. Yeah, yeah, the too many Batman that, that yeah. tie ins, and yeah. uh, Bruce tells him to stand down, and they do. And Barry says he doesn't understand, and he says they're recreations. They built this bunker after our last fight with Barbados. It houses machines created by Toy Master in there in case there was ever another incursion. So, um, is Toy Master? Just the toy man, or is that somebody I forgot about? I think that's the same. I I think that's the same person, but they they've been referred to as both. I think. Once again, let me Google that while you guys yeah. talk about I, this I giant meant to look Gundam. That up. I meant to look that up beforehand, but yeah. Anyway, so they they go down to this. Uh, they see this giant Gundam. I was trying to find a way to mash up um, the Godzilla character Jet Jaguar 
and the name Trinity to give this oh. a name, but I couldn't do it. Toy yes. Toy Master is uh, Hero. Oh yeah, Mora from Batman Superman. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. My bad. But so yeah. it's not Toy Man, but it is. He is under the Toy Man wiki, so they are. That means they're the same character. <laughs> yes, Cannon, of course. Confirmed. Cannon. Yep. Absolutely. All right, so then we see this giant Trinity Gundam, which is hilarious. Like this is this design is everything dumb about superhero comics, <laughs> but it's also amazing. So let's just talk about the head for a second. So, so it, it has like Diana's mouth with half of Bruce's face and half of Clark's face, but there is a bolted on tiara, <laughs> and then one bad ear sticking up. <laughs> and, and then the rest of the suit is exactly the same. Just just the iconography of the Trinity just mashed together in an unholy alliance. Um, this is very funny and cool to me. Um, but I was so I was talking to a friend who isn't like nearly as, you know, in meshed in comics as we are, but who, you know, dabbles in in comics and likes a lot of snyder stuff and they didn't like the first issue of death metal because they thought it was too goofy and not not very serious and so like i i really i feel like this kind of thing is like like snyder's batman run was goofy in some ways but it was also like very serious it took itself seriously i think like like the logical leaps were were um very goofy but it was all presented very seriously this is just like absurd mm-hmm. i mean i would argue that metal was patently absurd in a lot of places i don't think it was ever i don't think it took as as many steps as death metal is no, and, and like i'm not saying that like i love all of the like i love this stuff you know morrison does this kind of like stuff all the time and i eat it up um, but this feels like Snyder is having a lot more fun. Yes. Snyder and Capullo both are having a lot more fun. And I, I, it just makes me curious how kind of like the more, I would say probably like you the majority of the Snyder heads are going to like take the this. Zack Snyder heads, the Zack Snyder heads. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair question to ask. I mean, I'm just remembering, I think it was the first issue of Metal. There was that bit of dialogue I reference all the time where it's like, we have to shoot so-and-so through time to do this. Like, There was a lot of like crazy bullshit superheroics in that. I guess the difference there is in that a lot of the crazy stuff was dialogue-based and it wasn't visual, whereas yeah. a, lot, a lot of the stuff here is visual. Yes, yeah. I think that's like a key thing, in my mind at least. Like it visual goofiness is not something that Snyder and company dabble in quite as much. Sometimes it is. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. I think I do it's, too. I think it's really cool. I don't, like you said, I don't know if the, if the unwashed masses will feel the same way. And I don't mean our listeners, of course. <laughs> um, we no. know our listeners, Dave. They're all 
tasteful and yeah no but just like yes. you know we've all been to comic shops or conventions where you hear people talking a certain way about these characters and it's just to me it's very very hard to reconcile the 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 fact that we're reading the same books you know the mm-hmm. way some people talk about stuff i remember being at new york comic con in 2010 or 2011 and there was somebody cosplaying as Rorschach. Um, like, oh, man. Alan Moore had something to say about those people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But that guy, like, he got up at, at a... It was like a... It was a panel that, that Dan DiDio was on and basically did the speech from the Itchy and Scratchy uh, and Poochie episode of like... They hit Itchy's rib three, you know, two times. Two different notes came out. Like it was, it was this question that was that was like so unbearably pedantic, and the Dio was about to answer it, and James Robinson was like, "I'll take this one. It's a comic book," and people booed him. People like, oh, and I was just like, "No, he's right, guys. Like this is, not, but but there are people who he's take never this. been more right. Yeah, but but like, but there are, um, but I feel like." there are fans who treat this stuff in a way that just, there's no room for humor. There's no room for interpretation. There's no room for, for realizing that this is patently ridiculous. Yes, exactly. It is patently ridiculous. You know, this comic has the fucking Batman who laughs in it. Like that idea is crazy (laughs) and stupid, but, but also very, but also very serious. And the, and the best, villain of the year <laughs> remember that year of the villain issue the villain of the year one that was great yeah yeah, yeah. that's fantastic yeah i Thank i do i mean i i applaud snyder and capullo here for treating this like what it is yeah and that that not like disparaging like they're not they're not you know you know degradating it or anything it's just they're it's treating fun. a superhero comic like a superhero comic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's good. It's very good. It's fun. I think that there's almost nothing else in comics right now that feels as... I don't want to say self-referential, because that's not what I mean, but... Vince, you called this patently absurd before, and that's a good word for it, but I feel like this is one of the few comics that recognizes it's an event comic and is, like, leaning into its tropes and not taking itself too seriously. I feel like a lot of Hickman stuff is self-referential in a different way, but this is, like, this is this comic is winking back at you the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And I dig that. I think that's very yeah. good. I think, you know, Hickman books, they, they have the requisite amount of humor in them, but it's very, like, I think it's mostly pretty sly humor, you know? Yes. yes. Where, whereas this is, like, look at this big effing gun. <laughs> you yes, know? yes. There are some obvious yuck-yucks in this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, can we talk about one... A plot detail that we didn't really talk about during this. I just wanted to bring up uh, the scene with Perpetua 
where she's talking to the Batman who laughs and um, she refers to her kind. So we've seen her talk about her kind before. I think in the last issue, she said something about, um, you know, we're the ones who create multiverses, whatever, whatever. Um, and referred to them as like a, a race of people almost, you know, here she directly refers to them as hands like that's what their their name is hands and i think that's really interesting because throughout dc's history the image of a hand reaching through or a hand having something to do with creation or um or a crisis is something that shows up time and again Mm -hmm. and we've talked about it on the show before where like um the the hand from crisis I, I want to say that's been oh god see I don't it, even know what I don't even know what it's been a lot of different times I think or like reinterpreted yes because because I'm pretty sure now it's supposed to be the presence but I don't think the presence was a thing during crisis right so I think during crisis you were supposed to just think it was a generic god or something well no I think it was well I think uh, so like Corona saw it. Cronus saw it. And then you, I think it is later on in the series, it becomes the anti-monitor's hand. Is that right? But then it also might be the specter's hand. See, at one point in, in later, in later instances, they will show it as the specter's hand. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember if they show it as that in the crisis. And we just read that, but see that that's the problem with the imagery because it's changed so many times, I feel. And, and, then, uh, and, and then Jeff Johns' Green Lantern, it was Volthoom. Volthoom, yep, yep. So see, like, maybe it was all of them, right? Like, maybe right. maybe at one point or another it was all yeah. of them. But I, I really think it's keen of Snyder to, to refer to Perpetua's entire race or whatever you want to call them of people as hands, because that's clearly going to be... I think that's clearly a reference to that concept. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think we're obviously not going to get like a full-on reboot, but I would not uh, be surprised we, yeah, if. We might. Well, I, I mean, think not... in a way we might. In a way we might. I think like I would. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this series there is a new hand that like yeah. reforges the multiverse and makes it good. It's well. Right. It's going to be Wally, right? Ooh. Oh. Oh. Damn. It's gotta be. I hope it's, it's not either, because it's I, either I, I, him or uh, uh, Jonathan Kent from the Kingdom. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yes. That's what I want. Um, See, I, I don't say, think. Okay, they're gonna. They're gonna. There is gonna be like a, a reboot after this, basically. But I really don't think they're gonna get rid of Wally to make it happen again. Like I think, you know. What, whatever whatever Earth we come up with after this is all over is going to effectively be like a new um, a new age ho- of heroes. No, I was gonna say that, <laughs> but I don't mean that. I mean like, what was the one that Marvel did coming heroic out of? Age. Was it the heroic age? Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be that. Brian, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna make a joke to I think only Zach will get, which is I think the hand is the hand of God from the end of the stand that detonates the nuclear bomb in Las Vegas. Ah, yeah, I like Absolutely. that. 
It's Master Hand from Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we're hitting Perpetua all of our... Perpetua the fight. <laughs> we're hitting all of our tropes here tonight, guys. This is good. Um, all right. Well, anything else to say about this issue? Uh, I mean, I did not like it. I still think I like death metal a little bit better than metal at this point. Actually, I think I like it a lot better. Actually, yes, I agree with that. The trajectory is much better at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm excited uh, for issue three. It seems uh, like issue three is going to be a big deal. One. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you that's off. Okay, that's okay. Uh, is issue three when they're taking the break after? Yeah, there's those three one shots that come out after that. Yes. Um, what I was going to say is that I feel like. Well, I, actually, can I ask you guys a question about the reboots we just talked about for a second? Sure. So, is this wrapping up in January, February? Do we know one yet? I think well, you January, can do the... supposedly. Yeah, if you do the math, there's only one skip month, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. as of now, yes. Yeah, which is um, September. September. And it's a nine? Seven. Seven? Okay, uh-huh. thank you. <laughs> yeah, so 15, October, November, December, commandments. January. Wait, September, October, November, December. December... Oh, August is the skip month. Yes, September's Jan- January. Skip. Oh, September is the skip. Okay. We've got issue three in August, skip in September, and then October, November, December, January is issue seven. Okay. All right. Assuming yeah. there's no delays. Right. Yeah. So here, here's my question for you guys. If if this is on schedule, I know we have sort of competing ideas about if there's going to be a full-on reboot or whatever. Do you think we're gonna ha- there's gonna be more or less of a hard reset than we got with Rebirth? Less, I think. And I I have mostly my reason for that is this Batman solicits we just got. Mm, yeah, that's a good. That's an excellent point. In, uh, inform the folks about that. So we just got, I think last. Friday was it the solicits for Batman 101 and whatever the next issue of tech is that month I think like 1028 um, that set up the post Joker war status quo mm-hmm. and so we have a we have a Batman 101 still written by Tanyan introducing fan favorite character uh, or reintroducing rather uh, Cole Cash aka the grifter um, well wow, so I was back baby Wildstorm's back. It's good again, maybe. Um, So I think, like, I was really kind of waiting. To me, like, whatever happened post-Joker War was, like, the indicator of what's going to happen after Death Metal. And I think the fact that, I mean, there's totally, like, a scenario where Batman could end at issue. They do one arc or whatever and then reboot. That, That could happen, totally. But I think that it's much less likely that they would keep the book going for just one more arc post this big storyline and we still don't know what are happening to the other batman books they haven't solicited those yet because you remember i had theorized that everything was wrapping up because they were all on anniversary issues Um, but i just i feel like with batman keeping going that kind of rules out a rebirth style 
re you know restart with all new issue ones why and i just because i think like i mean just because they're keeping the book going i feel like issue 100 would have been the place to stop it rather than let it go to like 104 do you really think that dc is gonna let four months go by without a batman issue though they, they could well they could have done something you know they could have had like a mini series or like a tie-in to metal you know scott said like if the tie you know depending on fan demand there could have been more tie-ins and i could have seen like a filler arc you know tying into death metal or something um before i before i i go after i just think it's bit. more like i just think it's more likely that the, the that the numbering is going to keep going and see, yeah and yeah. the storylines are going to keep going without any significant shakeups. i think that there is going to be like a soft reboot but i don't think it's going to affect any of the the stories going on other than the resources they have available to them vinzy i was just gonna say do we think at some, I I think it's I think it's mostly going to be new number ones, except for do we think that like Batman, Superman, Green Lantern are going to join Wonder Woman and Flash in their numbering? You just took the words out of my mouth. Yes, yeah, that's gonna happen. that could happen. That could happen. That could definitely happen. Yeah. I could see that, which would essentially, I guess, be the same thing that happened in Rebirth with action and action tech. and tech. Yeah, yeah that, I'm not that I'm not saying that I don't think we'll get number ones because we obviously will. Like that always happens after an event, um, and a lot of things are like rap moving towards like a natural conclusion anyway. Right. Well, that that's um, kind of that's kind of my point with all this. But I, I want to hear Vince extrapolate a little bit more on what he thinks is going to happen. Uh. Well. So. So. I agree with Zach that it's not going to be as extreme of a reboot, um, like status quo wise, you know, it's not going to be like, there's not going to be any Watchmen element thrown in like Watchmen style, like the button style thing. Right. There's not going to be, there's not going to be some incredible mystery that kicks everything off like that. You know, <laughs> the dark Knight returns. Batman will show up in the, in a panel or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. V for, v for vendetta comes and everyone groans at his shit. Yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but I, I do think we're pretty much going to get a relaunch because I think all these books have been treading water and a lot of them have been getting canceled. Scott Snyder has intimated in interviews that, that he's very excited for the structure of the DCU coming out of death metal. He's, he's used that phrase somewhere before. And, and he said, and the creatives that are being put on some of these books. So I think there's going to be like a, a massive creative reshuffle that would warrant new number ones and everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's just the nature of comics these days, but I don't think thematically, I think thematically it would be very much in line with, the Marvel heroic age where like they're not starting anything from scratch. Really. It's going to be all encompassing. And I I'm, I'm guessing it's going to for a while, the way that these comic companies like to do celebrate the heroes as who they are before moving on to shaking up status quos and doing more events and things like that. You know, the, the first several months I think are going to be again, like a very like, milk toast celebration 
or, or reestablishing of these characters as icons, which is basically what happens every time one of these things happens. Except for... Uh, Except for... Uh, New 52. New 52. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're getting a new 52. I think that's, I don't think that's ever going to happen again from, and now that I said that it, it, will. it probably, will. Oh, I think it's, I think it's definitely going to happen again, but it'll be, will we still not, be doing, will we still be doing the podcast? Maybe, maybe not in our lifetimes, maybe <laughs> not even in our children's lifetimes. <laughs> You're just making fun of me, you fuck. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say though about this is I actually think I have the most extreme option, extreme, extreme opinion of the, everything here. I oh think that they're going to that the reason that everything has been kind of slowing down is that everyone's just waiting for this to end before anything new starts. And I think that this like one of the things that Scott has said was that the 5G plan did not have room in it for death metal. That death metal was kind of going to be seen as the last bit of rebirth before 5G took over. But he said that now this all allows everything to be much more connected and streamlined. What I hear when I hear that is that they're going to restart the multiverse and you can give everything a new coat of paint and kick it all off again. I think that the difficulty with doing this type of story is that it's either going to be like Crisis on Infinite Earths where... In the direct aftermath, there were some books that weren't impacted at all, and it took a year or two to get everything back on sort of a similar level playing field. Or you're going to have to do a new 52 in the sense of announce three months out, everything is starting over again, and then you have like lame duck comics for three months. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know which one they're going to go with, but I do think you're going to see... I, I think that those legacy numberings are going to come for Batman, for Superman, maybe for Green Lantern, maybe for Aquaman. I don't think anybody else gets that legacy numbering. Maybe Justice League? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everything else is going to be a brand new number one. Yeah. I, so you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking almost a new 52 style no here's here's gonna be the difference i think that i think that the when the multiverse is remade it's essentially being remade in the image of where things were at the beginning of rebirth with additional things fixed like rebirth brought back wally and a couple of other things right i feel like Mm -hmm. this is just an excuse to do that again like, because Wally can remake the multiverse, he can make the Dibneys still alive. He can make certain things. His kids. Yes, he can make his kids back. I think, unfortunately, with the Shazam title ending, you're going to see the end of the Jeff Johns Shazam family. And maybe you go back to, like, a more traditional Captain Mary and Freddy type thing, mm. you know. But I think you can you can do stuff like that. Like, one of the things that's a big clue to me about all of this is that on the map, there's a Fawcett City. Fawcett City has not been around since uh, pre-Flashpoint. Oh, yeah. So stuff like that, I feel like you're just going to see little things like that redone. So I don't think it's going to be a New 52 situation. I think everybody's going to remember what happened, and it's going to be... 
it's just allowing them to fix everything and to give people new starting places. You know, I think that what happens every couple of years is that you like rebirth happened, and then not long after rebirth happened, Bendis showed up. And I I know that there are people who thought like shit. If Bendis had been here six months before, we could have just launched him on a book with rebirth, and that would have been a real smooth thing. And then people leave, and new things happen. And then every once in a while, you have to just like take the last five years and condense it down. And this is this is that condensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think I think you're probably right. I I really think that this is going to be like Crisis on Infinite Earths, where like everything picks up and like moves on, but with things that are changed, but everyone kind of acts like they've always been that way, like the uh-huh. JSA being around. I would love that. Yeah, I think that, that's I think that, my I think, ideal. I think that's the best of all possible scenarios here. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We we're gonna be doing this for every issue of Death Metal. Are we gonna do this for the the one shots too? I mean, probably not page by page, but I don't I don't know that we should do page by page. But we will read and cover them all. I think. Yeah. At least at least like the 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 break month ones. That's Which what I, was I guess referring they, to, yeah. Yeah. Although I think next month there are there's like the guidebook and the the um whatever one. Yeah. The, the one Legends was, of the Dark Knights or whatever. Yeah, the one that was supposed to have a uh a he who shall not be named story in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll be back to cover all that soon. Um when you're hearing this next week, you'll be hearing us talking about uh Day of Judgment. Uh, as part of our crisis management series and um, if before then you want to get in touch with any of us on Twitter we are collectively at DC3Cast but I'm at Brian Needs a Nap Zach where are you? I am at Wilker Fox if you need to find Vince he is building a giant Gundam of the three of us in this style <laughs> and uh... can we can we get somebody to make that as our new logo? <laughs> oh god Oh God! <laughs> what horrible imagery have we wrought upon the world? <laughs> whatever, whatever it has, it has to be wearing Vince's Twin Peaks shirt. Uh, of course. <laughs> 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 Take care, guys. We'll see you next time. I have the weirdest memory of hearing Mr. Brightside, which is I heard, I was. I had like just started my job in June of '04, and so it had to have been after that. It was probably in the fall where I was like doing an event with some kids, and and a kid was singing it. And I was like, "What is that song keeps singing?" They're like, "Oh, it's called Mr. Brightside by the Killers." I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And I listened to it, and it sounded nothing like like what they were singing, <laughs> like absolutely nothing like what they were singing. 